3: If someone plays Will Bruin at seven thousand, <laughs> they're clinically insane.
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazo.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire.com. I am joined, as always, for Major League Soccer by JD Bazo and Skylar Redpath. I apologize if my voice sounds a little weird. It's because I've spent the last few days screaming at the top of my lungs about Villanova winning the national championship. Uh, I was down in Houston for it, which is why uh, I may sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about uh, for MLS, or at least more than usual, because I uh, admittedly didn't w- watch a ton um, since I was at the Final Four. Uh, that being said, we had a double game week, uh, or the the second part of the double game week. And, J.D., we talked about this uh, off the podcast earlier about how Mauro Diaz looked like such a great captain pick. And then all of a sudden, he was not as great. Uh, he was a late scratch from Saturday's match. Uh, he still, you know, he was so good in the first one that it, it wasn't a total flop. But um, do I remember correctly that you had him captained as well, JD?
3: Yeah, and I thought a lot of people were going with Pedro Morales instead. So I was really excited after the first, uh, first round of games for both of them. Mm-hmm. And then it... Uh, it ended up being a little disappointing, but Diaz still had more points than Morales uh, after two, so... And Morales yeah, got Yeah, I had
4: Morales. <laughs> yeah, I had Morales, and he went out uh, 18 minutes into the game, so that was a, a big blow for the Morales captain backers.
3: Yeah, but they, they also handed him another PK, so it kind of balanced out.
1: Did he get one before he left?
3: Not in that match, but the previous... Oh, the previous one, yes. In, yeah. Right. And it was not a... It was not a PK.
1: Uh, not Should've only been. was it not a PK, I believe, um, was it? Kudo, Kudo got, Kudo got yeah. suspended f- basically right. for drawing a penalty. <laughs> um, I'll take right, the but the
3: r- So the, the right. ref will probably get like every game assigned to him this season anyway. Sure. He doesn't get a penalty for
1: it. No, in fact, he'll probably get the big ones on Sunday when everybody's watching. <laughs> uh, although. From what I picked up on Twitter, people are getting pretty pissed about the number of red cards that we're seeing. Um, I mean, Kudos was essentially a red card. I mean, he got a one-game suspension for for what he did. Um, Do you guys feel like the red cards are are warranted and that the players need to adjust, or is it just getting a little too out of hand?
3: Uh, I think they're warranted for the most part, but it obviously doesn't make for great soccer when you're watching an 11 on 10 game all the time like it an early red card which we've seen a lot of this year it just ruins the rest of the game in terms of uh, watchability especially when there's not much on the line so i can just turn it off pretty much right away i guess it's it saves me a little bit of time because you can't really get too much from those matches but i i do think the players need to adjust most of the yellow cards and red cards have been legitimate i i think maybe like um the whole studs up thing kind of annoys me because sometimes it's just the foot kind of flashes or kind of falls awkwardly and they get the ball cleanly and the studs don't even touch the guy or like they kind of follow through and the ankle touches the guy but the studs were up and they're being really harsh on that even if the studs don't actually hit the guy
4: yeah, but here's the thing for me, J.D., is that the, the players know going into the game. I mean, they know before they go into a game that the refs are looking for stuff like that. So they're well-briefed. They know exactly what not to do, and they're still doing it even if they hit the guy or not. They know any kind of studs-up showing is going to be red card considered. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think the red cards have been uh, warranted so far. I just... Uh, it is definitely a little bit over the top but I I'm kind of on board with it because we've seen several really talented players over the past few years um lose you know at least a season due to some stupid foul some guy sliding in recklessly and and snapping his leg. so I can you know I could probably name off a handful of players that I've seen go out like that and just it's tough to see I mean not Certainly not from a fantasy perspective, but from just for a player's career, like it's it's a tough blow. So, I'm on board with it.
1: Okay, I like it. Yeah, the uh, I think the Toronto, um, the Toronto match this weekend uh, was the one that hit the most. Since we were talking earlier about how Javinko still hasn't had his explosive game, and I remember when I saw the score, I thought to myself, "Wow, they somehow the Rapids figured out how to contain him," and it was more that. They were playing with ten men for, yeah, I think it was almost uh, seventy minutes, right? I think maybe or seventy-two. I think yeah, I yeah.
4: And yeah. That's and I- the other point. Just real quick, back to your point, JD, is that you know the games itself. Once that red card happens, like it's not like the red cards of the old days where that just opens the game up and the team that's playing a man up just throttles the other team, like. Seems like the MLS teams have been just settling back into their comfort zone and like, okay, we got the red cards, so we're just gonna play for a, a point now. <laughs> like that's all it's been this season and it's yeah, it's kind of getting old, so
3: Yeah, but yeah. I mean it's it's Toronto defending against Colorado, so
2: no.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Of course <laughs> Colorado's not gonna run away with it. But yeah, there was some other early red cards this week. I think Matias Labaz was like around the thirtieth minute. Yep. Uh with LA on the road. And Vancouver still tied 0 0. And yeah. I, when was Felipe's? That wasn't. It might have been early second half, but that was one I found particularly frustrating. I know there's an argument that it could be a red card, but I think there's an argument that it wouldn't even be a card at all.
1: Mm. I see here. He, he was 61 minutes, but I saw the Philly one was uh, closer to halftime, too. Yeah, Creval. Creval's, yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy how often they're happening i mean i realized i i kind of agree with you skylar that the, the players need to adjust but um i don't remember the last time i saw four red cards given in a single weekend it may have been more than that those are the only ones yeah. i counted so far but
3: I, I think it'll be good in the long run but i also think these refs like they have a hard enough time calling the mls games as it was let alone giving them like this extra power and responsibility I think like half of them already come across as like power-hungry maniacs, <laughs> the way they referee ref some of the games. So uh, I don't know. It's I see both sides, but I do think it's it's going to be good in the long run if they call it consistently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't really fault them for that the, in terms of consistency. It's they're all doing it, so it's not yeah, like we have some rogue guys. But
3: there's some tackles that happen like minutes later that are almost exactly the same and they don't call anything. So mm-hmm. it's, it's strange.
1: Yeah. Um, well, let's jump into the games here. Um, the first one is Philadelphia who will be out with, with will be without Creval because of that red card. Uh, they're home against Orlando city who, uh, got Kaka back and absolutely blasted Portland, uh, last weekend, uh, for one and, I'm not even sure it was really that close from what I have picked up from the match uh, Jack McInerney had a, a late one uh, I think I saw somewhere that he has is it possible that he's up to like 45 MLS goals already
3: yeah because one year he had a ton yeah. that's very possible
1: yeah I was shocked to see how many it was especially because I think he's only like 23 or something like that but um, w- not that Creval was going to make that big of a difference here but is there any reason not to think that Orlando could? will just go into Philly and blast them too
3: Yes. Okay. Because, oh, yes, all right. I mean Kyle Laren is out, most mm-hmm. likely. And also Breck Shea is definitely
1: out. Yeah, Shea's definitely out. I mean Laren didn't play against Portland though, did he?
3: Yeah, he did and oh. He came off with a hamstring, uh it it seems like a they... minor yeah. a minor hamstring injury, I believe, but it it probably will keep him out one game, I think, yeah. at least.
1: Yeah, I mean he came I just mean he came out uh I think they it was only one nothing when he came out, so
3: Right, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it kind of got out of hand a little bit, but Fernando Adi missed a penalty that would have made it 2-1, and that might have swayed the game a little bit. I It's still infuriating that they don't let Diego Valeri take penalties.
1: Yeah, that was surprising.
3: I mean, Adi's penalty shot was pretty poor. But, um, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be an interesting game. I think Orlando probably has a little bit of an edge. And for Daily Fantasy, I'm... I'm a little bummed out because if you want to get Jovinko into your lineups this weekend and maybe a guy like Chris Tierney, who's up to, I think, $5,500, these are the two teams that you can save a ton of cash with, Philly and Orlando. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Because, I mean, Philly has uh, Alberg and Ilsenio, very cheap. And Orlando, whoever they put in for Laren is going to be pretty cheap, whether it's Haji Berry is 2700 um Baptista Rebos I think.
4: could get a shout.
3: Uh or Pedro Ribeiro I think is the front runner. I was just about for. to say Ribeiro, yeah. He's 3400 but Luis or Julio Baptista is 2800 and he's played with Kaká and at AC Milan I believe. Hmm. So um if he's fit I think he'll probably play 60 minutes or so and he's midfield eligible for for whatever reason.
1: So, is there anyone, um, is there anyone from Philly that you're specifically targeting, or is it just trying to save money with Albers and Ilcino?
3: I think Albers was really good last week, so okay. I, I definitely target him. Um, I'd probably target maybe a guy like Fabinho, forty-two hundred in defense, might get upfield and attack a little bit. Um, and Sapong's a, a pretty good value, even though Orlando's been good defensively.
1: Okay. Skylar do are are there any other names that you were looking at from this game?
4: Well, of course, Latou. I got to throw Latou out there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's
4: a joke for all the listeners out there. Don't go putting Sebastian Latou in your lineup. Um Andre Blake Andre Blake at goalkeeper. He's probably one of the reasons that I'd say Orlando doesn't run away with it. Um he has been really solid up until I guess the last game at chicago but before that he rattled off uh 16 15 and 13 points Mm -hmm. so uh well i think orlando's definitely got a solid attack then he's already shown that he's capable of making multiple saves so i could see another one of those games from him and then uh, maybe even i don't know how to read the game maybe a, a draw or possibly a win but He's a guy other than, than the Alberg and some of the others that J.D. mentioned that I might consider from this one.
3: Yeah, I, I love that play, and his one save that he apparently only made last week, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, was highlight reel worthy. I mean, it was awesome. So he could very well be the best keeper in MLS already. Wow. I mean, would it, just watching him and how good and athletic and smart he is, I mean, if he were on like a big time team, I think he'd be getting a lot more buzz. Huh. It's That's... a shame that he plays for Jamaica and isn't U.S. eligible.
4: Yeah, he's been solid. He was one of my preseason favorites for uh, breakout years. So he's been kind of backing that up so far. So I hope he keeps it up. Um, one more value play that I don't know if you mentioned from Orlando Carlos Rivas got some minutes last game he only played 10 minutes but just with uh, a couple of suspensions or injuries or whatnot for Orlando then I could see him playing a bigger role and he's only 3,800 midfield eligible so if you're playing that Friday Saturday slate I like Rebus a lot if he starts
3: eh. I find a hard time believing that they'd start Molino and Rivas on the road just because they're not, like, great defensive players. But, yeah, that would be exciting. They don't
4: really seem yeah, scared. Yeah, I mean, they were playing him uh, up top at some point last season. I know last season they had a ton of injuries to deal with, but right. uh, I guess we'll kind of see how it plays
3: out.
1: Does Kaká's return mean that Luke Bowden won't get as many crosses as he did in the opener when Shea was out? <laughs>
3: Probably, yeah, and they're on the road.
1: It's kind of a bummer he's midfield eligible on DraftKings instead of a defend, defender because thirty one hundred's not so bad. Definitely, but and DraftKings I mean, he's a defender.
3: Yeah, I'd consider him if he was started, even in midfield. Oh yeah. I mean, you're saving so much money if you want to get like a Javinco in. You have to get someone in that area, and he's pretty safe. And another guy that seems like a really safe play for, like, six, seven points at least is Christian Aguita. I mean, he wins a ton of tackles. He's been a beast in the middle of the field, and he's getting a lot of buzz as just a great player in general Um, at just 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, keep an eye on him just if you ever watch an Orlando City game. He's a a great player.
1: Yeah, he won 10 tackles in that New York City game I'm seeing on his game log here. He's one that, like, I wish interceptions were full points because then guys like him would be valuable. Like, I think they added these stats to make these defensive midfielders more valuable and they missed by making interceptions half a point instead of just a full point.
3: I think you're right. And it wouldn't have hurt too much. Cause it's not like people get a ton of interceptions. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not like some guys getting 20 of them. I mean, you're basically getting three points from a guy at six interceptions is a ton or, you know, it's a good, right. a, a very high number. So, all right. Um, moving on, uh, that's the only, uh, Friday match. Uh, first one Saturday is Toronto at new England. Um, these teams have a little bit of, uh, a rivalry going, um, is this Javinko's 30 point game JD
3: Um it could be because he was really mad after last game Um just looking at him I would not have wanted to try and defend him any longer <laughs> if there was, if they started out again at 11v11 11 11. and I think Toronto is just going to some bring some hurting on New England this week they're not happy about that that red card last week they're probably mad that they've, they're they starting off with this long road trip, even though it's kind of self-imposed since yep. they're renovating the stadium. But I think that Toronto is just ready to break out, and I think New England is kind of a prime candidate for it to happen against.
1: Yeah, it seems like New England's defense is so hit or miss this season. I mean, the, not that the Red Bulls have been fantastic, but they shut them out last week, but then they've also given up three goals to Houston, so... Um, Skyler, how do you think the New England uh, defense shows up?
4: I think that they'll be fine. Uh, I do think that Giovinco's prime for a big game. So I think guys like Tierney are still fairly safe, even though he's gotten really expensive. I mean, I still think he'll get his points, but I don't know. He's really the only Revs defender that i ever consider anyway. Mm-hmm. So... I'm probably shying away from from any other options other than Tierney, um, just because I do think Giovinco is ready for another big game.
1: It it seems like it's fine to pay that price for Tierney, the fifty five hundred, if you can get a guy like um, Bowden or Rivas. Like you you would pay their price for a defender, so it seems like you're getting you know midfielder upside with Tierney anyway. So I feel like that price yeah. shouldn't scare people as much as it may.
4: That's I, exactly kind of how I try to justify that sometimes is like if I would pay this much for like Ivan Schitt's and he's going to get me 15 to 20 points every time, then that's kind of how I justify that while well, I'm using a defender slot by using the same guy that I would use a midfielder or utility slot as, and he's going to get me that almost a guaranteed that many points. Right. So that's, I mean, that's one way to kind of think of it, I guess. Yeah,
3: he has seven straight points of double digit, or seven straight games of double digit points, and nine of ten That's crazy. have been double digit. Yeah, his crossing totals are consistently high. Um, it feels like they've been letting him go upfield even more this year than usual. I know last year kind of felt like a down year for Tierney, where the year before he was spectacular. Um, so I'm. I'm pretty much talking myself into buying some of the more expensive defenders more consistently than I have been previously.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so that's kind of, yeah, something I'm definitely leaning towards. And I like the other expensive defenders this week, too. I think Awful has been really active the last couple of weeks, even on the road in Dallas. He was getting quite high up the field, very active. Columbus could have scored many goals in Dallas. Uh, Chris Seitz kind of stole the game there. And Taylor Kemp I like, too. Vancouver visiting um he's been pretty good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you can you can probably get 3 midfielders at under 4000 uh if you wanted to you know go with Tierney Kemp and Offal. you know like basically s- switch the salaries of the defenders and midfielders and you still <laughs> theoretically you could get enough value out of there. Um, yeah,
3: I wasn't I wasn't advocating for getting three high price <laughs> defenders, <laughs> but I guess you could if you wanted to.
1: Uh, is there anybody from Toronto you guys like other than Javinko?
3: Well, last week I got Lovitz in when I saw he was starting, and then they subbed him off right after that twelfth minute red card. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tanked some lineups. Yeah. But if do they have Baboli in uh, in the player pool this? Yeah, he wasn't in there last week, even though he started. Um, and I wanted to play him as well it looks like he, he got one point yeah. in 60 minutes yeah. but I think whoever starts up top with Javinko, you have to consider as a cheap source of points none of them are expensive
1: is it not going to be Josie though
3: it wasn't last week and he yeah. was fit so I, I don't know
1: hmm. Skyler any any feeling on Michael Bradley
4: no, not really. I usually just shy away from him. Um, just 'cause I think what's his price tag at? Fifty nine. So fifty
1: nine.
4: Yeah, he's fifty nine hundred. You've got guys like uh I don't know, uh, Teixeira, Lee Wynn, uh even Marco Papa, guys like hovering right around his same price range, that I think have a uh, much better floor. So I think Bradley's really just a a tournament play if you really are feeling his matchup and i don't this this match um i'm staying away from him
3: i i disagree a little i think if you if you've been wanting to play michael bradley this is going to be one of the best weeks all season for it i think because i really do think toronto is mad (laughs) and i think they're going to take a little bit of it out on new england
1: okay well we can visit that next week and see what happens um, <laughs> the that's a four o'clock Eastern start. Uh, there's another one that's starting at that time. It's Columbus at Montreal. Uh, I assume Drogba is still out because this one I believe is going to be on the turf, uh, the concrete right. covered in carpet. Right. yeah. Right. They they're not. They haven't moved to the to the grass yet. Um, which is, I don't know why they haven't done that. But, uh, JD, how do you think this game plays out? Like it we. I feel like we haven't seen. Uh, the best of Columbus yet and Montreal is kind of up and down in their own right as well
3: well you haven't seen the best of Columbus yet because you didn't get to watch them this weekend
1: okay I mean they they... were
3: they were very good Chris Seitz stopped a couple great shots Um, Columbus probably should have had two or three goals at least if not more Uh Um, and that's on the road against what a lot of people consider to be the best team in the league Mm -hmm. they were without Mauro Diaz but I mean FC Dallas they're b team is as good as a lot of teams a teams i feel like they're very deep they should be able to replace diaz pretty easily um so i i think columbus is on track to be a, a great team here for the next month or so i don't care that they're on the road um so i think they'll give montreal a run for their money montreal's been great as well um they get to come home after playing away in seattle they got shut out um i I think they'll get a goal, but I think Columbus probably gets a, at least a goal as well. And I, I don't think it's time to start running away from Kai Kamara. I think you got to stick with him if you like him.
1: Hmm. I ran away two weeks ago, I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should come back. He put a lot of good shots towards the net last week.
1: Okay, okay. Do you feel the same way, Skyler?
4: Yeah, I always like Kai Kamara. I don't... Uh... I don't like him for fantasy purposes I guess when you're comparing him to Giovinco cuz he's it's for me I guess it's pretty much one or the one or the other and you it's it would be really tough to fit both into the same lineup so if I'm just making one lineup then it's Giovinco but the upside is absolutely still there for Kamara it's always there he's probably one of the better just pure goal scorers in the league if he gets his chances, he's going to score them. And usually, when he scores a goal, then, then there's plenty more where that came from. So, um, he's a guy that, you know, if you have, if you like, especially this weekend, he's on the road. A lot of people might be fading him because Giovinco seems to be the easier play or seems to be the better play. Uh, he's a guy that could easily win some GPPs if you do have him and he goes off. So, um, I like Kai Kamara. I still like uh, Higuain, just as I did last week, and uh pretty tough matchup against Dallas. He still came through, and um, he's not doing anything you know, astron- astronomical, but he's getting a consistent uh, batch of points for you week in and week out. So that's what I like about him. And then I think Piotti is actually going to have a, a pretty good game, probably a bounce-back game, I guess, after a couple of down games since uh kind of exploding out of the gate so he's still pretty cheap and I kind of think that this game might have some goals in it I could see it being like a 2-2 or 3-2 game either way so Piatti should definitely be involved in that
1: yeah it looks like you guys both have Piatti and Iguain pretty close in your rankings I was gonna basically ask you guys to pick and choose but they're so close that it's kind of a a coin flip I feel like at that point um what's is there any thought of going with uh, Odoro, even though there are a lot of uh, pretty uh, similar forwards on this slate for Saturday?
3: Yeah, I'll pass.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, it'd totally be a GPP. Just, I mean, unless, like, if I was a big Impact fan, then I might make a lineup with a in it. Just, <laughs> just to kind of, you know, sweat the home team and, and pull for our, for my guys. But, um i don't know he's capable i just uh he's so hard to roster when you've got guys like i think plata is kind of similar in price uh rudy might be close to him in price and i just think that they've both got better matchups and a little bit more upside so those are the probably two of the examples in that price range i'd probably opt for over him
1: okay Uh, is it
3: is it worth mentioning that lucas antivero has had three shots for three straight games
1: yeah yes i
3: mean at 3300 that's a guy you can save cash with um he's only looked all right to me he hasn't really jumped off the screen a lot of times but he kind of seems to sneak kind of in from the the weak side of the field the the balls on the other side and he just kind of seems to get a couple okay chances every game I was going to so, say
1: they I don't know how great the shots are cuz he only has one on goal of the nine that he's taking. Right, yeah, exactly. And he committed exactly. six fouls last week in <laughs> 78 minutes.
3: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Ooh, but thanks. it I I admittedly did not watch much of that game, but I have seen him in in small spurts and I think he's an all-right player. So
1: Do you like Ayango?
3: Yeah, if he's back crosses. in. Yeah, if he's back. Yeah, I like him. He's Yeah, he's been been really solid when he plays. Yeah, for his talent, he's very underpriced.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like Piatti should be doing more. Like, I feel like there's not enough on the on the stat line to, without a goal to to warrant the sixty three hundred. When there are other guys that do more, in there, it's, like at the same the same price of Failhaber, I'm not sure how you can justify Piatti.
3: Yeah, it's. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Failhopper, but it's tough because he's been away at Dallas, which is probably the toughest team to play if you're a, an attacking mid that kind of carries your team because Oscar Pereja is going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And at Seattle, I mean, that's Ozzy Alonso territory, um, which previously was even more difficult, but it's still not easy. And Piotti, if you shut him down, you shut down their whole attack. Right. Because otherwise it's hairy ship. Domodoro, Antivero. I mean, they're not very threatening without Dragba and without Piotti. So I think it's it's kind of teams are keying on him right now. And for that matter, Columbus is a, a good tactical team with good midfielders, uh, good defenders. So they're another team that could kind of key on Piotti and shut him down. But they're at home. He's at home this week. So I think that's what keeps him kind of towards the top of my rankings.
2: Okay.
4: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I don't like uh, kind of going back to what you said, Andrew. I don't like that he's not on like corner kicks and set pieces and not really able to rack up many points other than if he has a big uh, offensive outburst. So I just feel like this game might be one of those. That's kind of why I'm, uh, he's he is so high in my rankings. So yeah, he is a frustrating player to roster because you don't know what you're going to get. But when you get him on that right day or that right night then uh you definitely reap the rewards so he can't go ignored mm-hmm.
3: yeah i do lean iguain for what it's worth he's he's been so much better this year than last year
1: yeah he has like
3: i mean last year he's good but this year he's phenomenal
1: mm-hmm.
3: and his whole career he plays more great passes in one game than a lot of mls players do in an entire season. Um, but he he's just been great this year. So if Kai Kamara kind of starts really becoming the threat he was last year, um, that Columbus team is going to be as dangerous as anybody.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, the next game on the slate is 5:30 Eastern. DC United hosting Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver will be without Pedro Morales. What sounds like it's going to be a couple weeks. Um, he hasn't been nearly as good as the game log indicates, as we have discussed so many times that all of his goals this season have come on penalties. Who benefits the most on the Whitecaps from his absence?
3: I think Christian Takara might be on set pieces, so I'd probably say him.
1: Over Bolaños?
3: I'm not sure because we haven't really seen Bolaños. Like last year when Pedro Morales was out he wasn't there, so it's right. it's tough to say. But I know Takara stepped in at times last year and did pretty well.
1: Yeah, you guys were all over Takara when uh, last year when Morales was out. I remember that.
4: Yeah, and I do think Takara will be on set pieces. It seems like he's been on them even with Morales in. So uh, yeah, I'd be willing to say maybe Bolanos benefits the most just because he might see some extra playing time, and he may get he may steal some of those uh, set piece opportunities from Takara. So. I'd say probably Bolaños out of out of anybody on the Whitecaps.
3: And I think Nick Mesquita is going to play in uh, Morales' place. He played the full 90 last week, and he's only 2,900. So they they like him a lot. He looked pretty good at times last year. Uh, Vancouver kind of has a lot of under-the-radar young kids that I think you're going to see pop up this season, and Mesquita's a, a pretty promising one. Hmm. Um, you also have to remember that um, Matias Labas is out after yes. he got the red card last week. So I think Andrew Jacobson steps in for him. He's 2,600 and he's been taking some long shots on net. So uh even back when he was with uh, NYCFC, did he score with NYCFC this year? Or am I dreaming that?
1: Um, I don't
4: know if Maybe not. He scored not. with him this season. What's that? I said, I don't know if he's scored with him this
3: year. Yeah. I think he- yeah, know, to something. See something. Right. right. But um anyway, so their midfield's gonna be a little weird. But and they're yeah, on I the road.
4: Really like that Mosquito shout. That's a really good value play if uh if he gets the full ninety again, like for twenty nine hundred, it's a good shout.
3: Yeah, and he's I mean he should be their number ten unless they move to, uh, to Kara to inside. Kara, yeah. But it it should be interesting. I don't hate D C United as much as I normally would.
1: I was gonna say, I was like, the DC United hasn't been quite so awful. Um, yeah, they have. <laughs> they're defen- so defensively, they're watch. they're a little better though, aren't they? I mean, they kind of are able to slow it down and pack it in.
3: Yeah, I mean, they should be good defensively. They have a ton of good personnel. Yeah. So, but uh, Fabian Espindola is a guy that uh, all of our other rankers, I think, like way more than me. They all have him fourth. In forwards, I have him at fifteenth.
1: Yeah, that's a um, that's a that's a gap.
3: <laughs> definitely, he just yeah, sure, he's gonna get you a floor of maybe seven points, probably closer to eleven or twelve points. But I I just don't see a likelihood of him having big games this year. Their whole their whole attack has just not been good, so he's gonna have to show me a lot more before I I buy in.
1: He's taking a lot of shots.
3: That that's fine, but they're not good shots, and he's if he gets like any chance for himself, he's usually up there all alone. Mm-hmm. It's just disjointed and there's no one like creating for a spindle because they refuse to play Luciano Acosta.
1: Um, S- Skylar, you have him for, let's, let's hear why.
4: Yeah. Well, I always uh, usually give, uh players with a little bit more cash game upside, a little bit of a bump in my rankings. So that's kind of the case with him. I think Plata's third, so that's why he's up there is because of his cash game upside. Just players that offer uh a lot more uh fantasy point upside than just goals, which you know a lot of forwards and that's just strictly goals and shots and that's it. Um talking about guys like Wondolowski, BWP um, guys that, that are over a thousand dollars, almost more than Espindola, and I just I feel like Espindola's got the ability to you know not only get those points from those extra stats, but he's also got that huge game upside that I think we saw last year. He broke out for some big thirty, forty point games, and definitely agree with what JD is saying. Like I've been pretty vocal about it all season that DC's attack just looks putrid right now um but he's a player that when they do break out then he's gonna have a really big game and he's already getting enough points to kind of kind of justify his salary as it is so if he scores a goal then that's just icing on the cake Mm
2: -hmm.
3: here's here's my espindola alternative a guy that does just as much as him he does it better and he's on an attack that's playing really well lately. Uh, and that's Burrito Martinez from RSL. He's like the player that Espindola used to be. Maybe he's not, because nobody relies on him as much. Especially, I mean, Espindola used to play for RSL, and they leaned on him. But Martinez is up there with Plata if Javier Morales comes back. Uh, you're a Obsissian. So I think Burrito Martinez has been great. He's $1,800 cheaper, gets a lot of the peripheral points in the same way. So, so, and he's playing at home against Colorado. So he's kind of this week someone I'd turn to before I went with a Spindola for sure. A Spindola's price is not reasonable.
1: Hmm, Okay, that makes that should make the argument. Uh, Next up on the slate is Sporting KC at the Red Bulls. Uh, Kamar Lawrence sounds like he's not going to play um, after he. He wasn't really expected to play on Friday. he did play and then left before an hour with the injury um Felipe is out from the red card um is there does that change a ton i mean we the Red Bulls back line was pretty banged up anyway j d you said you were not a failhaber fan earlier was that for this week uh and any was, other week or it was
3: in general i okay. not. I'm not a huge failhaber fan in fantasy. Um, but now that they award points for more things, he, he is a little bit better. But last week, he got to 20 thanks to a PK in, what, the 93rd 50, minute or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> it was very yeah. late. Um, it lo- He had six crosses, which isn't characteristic for him. So it's like just a matter of where is he getting his points. Yeah. Um, I guess assists, but can you really rely on assists? So, yeah, Failharper is kind of weird. Well, the guy, since-,
1: since you bring up assists, i wanted to bring up the guy that probably would score on that assist because almost the exact flip of the spindle conversation, you have Dom Dwyer fifth and Skyler, you have him 15th. So I'd like to hear some arguments for these, for, for why that's the case.
3: Uh, name me two Red Bulls defenders for this weekend.
1: <laughs> Matt Biosca. Oh wait. Uh,
3: <laughs> I mean, that's as likely as some of the other ones. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll, I assume we'll see Connor late again, right?
3: Yeah, and you'll probably see Chris Duvall, I guess. But, I mean, Kamar Lawrence, you brushed right past the fact that that stirred up a huge controversy against New England. Maybe you didn't catch that. I didn't. So he went down as the ball was played the line. Oh, I did see this, yes, line, yes. And New England kept playing on.
1: Right. Yeah, Jesse Marsh had a great line about it.
3: Right, and then... Like MLS.com had all these articles written probably ten years ahead of time, just waiting for this moment so they could <laughs> <laughs> unleash all the the debate content, like it's um, on first take with Skip Bayless. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, not only was he playing somewhat hurt, he was also playing out of position, somewhat hurt, and then right. ended up having to leave. Uh. So. I get the argument on that side, so maybe, Skylar, you need to justify why Dom Dwyer's so low. Although I remember you're not usually the biggest Dwyer fan.
4: Yeah, sorry if it's a little choppy on my end. By the way, we've got some heavy storms rolling through Birmingham right now. So Hmm. um, if you guys can hear me okay, I just, uh, again, I think uh, Zussi's actually ranked several spots above Dwyer, again, just due to his ability to to earn fantasy points through other stats other than just goals and shots. And feels like that's it for, for Dwyer. Like, he's definitely capable of some big games. And it seems like he's been uh, drawing some fouls, but he's also committing um, pretty much just as many fouls as he's drawing, so that kind of is a wash. And I just, I don't know. I don't feel like there's... Uh, I guess what do I have him at fifteen? I f- I feel like that's justifiable. I think everybody ahead of him has just as much upside as him, or maybe a little bit more.
3: Chiasi so. Zardis.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely at home with no Keen. <laughs> do you see his? Uh, what was his last game that he? I I guess last game at home maybe before. Uh,
2: he yeah,
3: was the last out. game they were playing up a man up for sixty minutes at least. So,
4: <laughs> right. I think he's got as much upside or more for sure.
1: Okay. Is there anyone else uh that you'd be rostering? I mean you uh
3: Felipe, just kidding. Yeah. He's out. <laughs> from this... um, yeah, how yeah, about from if Sean one. if Sean Davis steps into Felipe's place? He's twenty six hundred. I believe he's a homegrown, they like a lot. Uh I've thought he's been promising since I, I watched him play a little bit last year and in the preseason, so it looks like he had five crosses last week in twenty-three minutes of action. Wow. So, yeah, I don't think that's a that's kind of an anomaly. But I like Sean Davis, and I know Jesse Marsh loves Sean Davis too. So there's there's some Red Bulls fans that would prefer to see him over Felipe to begin with.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, I still like Lade in the back, even though his price has crept up a little bit. And other thing to consider with him is I'm not sure if he's with all the injuries to, to Red Bulls, he might shift into a center back role, which would certainly uh, kill off some of the crossing points he's racked up. But
3: mm-hmm. I just I don't think he's gonna play center back because he's five <laughs> he's five foot five.
4: I think he shifted over to center back when uh, Kamar Lawrence went down, so it's kind of crazy. But it, I don't I don't know if that's where they're at with their roster, but. I, <laughs> I've been hearing rumblings that he might be uh, having to fill in by default. So I don't know. He's one of the guys that I'd always like just because he is, he gets involved in the attack too. And if the price is right, then I'm going to consider him.
1: I remember when the lineups came out, they had laid listed as a center back. And that's when I saw that thing that he was so short. And then I think when the Red Bulls announced it, they had Lawrence in there. But he obviously must have moved, or I guess he moved over when uh, when Lawrence went out.
3: Well, were they playing 3 in the back at that point or what? Uh I I'm not sure. They
1: started 4 in the back.
3: Right. Just, uh... But did they have a defender to even bring on
2: when
1: Lawrence Oh, for came Lawrence. Off? And um, they
3: were down a goal, so maybe they were were yeah. just going to push. I have no idea. Um Christovals is pretty good if he starts. I mean, he used to be their Kamar Lawrence before they had Kamar Lawrence, <laughs> and he's he's working back from injury, so that's interesting. And Tim Melia is only thirty three hundred. Kansas City has one of the best defenses in the league, so if you want to take a shot on a road keeper, I like Melia a lot.
1: I was gonna say that feels like a road keeper price.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the Red Bulls haven't been great offensively this year, although I think Bradley Wright Phillips is is starting to heat up a little bit.
1: Mm, I feel like I've heard that before.
3: Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely have.
1: Anyone touching Lloyd Sam? Yes.
3: Nah, not really. No,
4: not Lloyd Sam, probably not BWP either. He just, and it's gonna happen. The game that nobody plays him because he's been such a letdown. He's gonna score, so I don't know. He just he's not getting the service, and when he does, he's it's right to the keeper. It just it hasn't been good. There's no reason to pick him this week with some of the other options at that price. But like I said, <laughs> that's probably gonna be mean that he scores a hat trick this weekend. <laughs>
3: It's it's weird because every time I watch Bradley Wright Phillips, I still come away, at least satisfied, if not impressed. Like I'm, ne- I never watch him play and i am like, wow, he's been really disappointing today. But maybe I just need to have higher expectations of a a forward on the Red Bulls. I don't know.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he serves definitely serves his purpose as that target forward. He just he's not getting the service. And for I guess, from a fantasy player's perspective, then that's just not he's not getting the job done for us, so yeah, you know all we care about is how are you getting how are you or how are you earning fantasy points for our team, and it's not by taking a few shots a game and just kicking him right to the keeper <laughs> <laughs> to, to be
3: fair, that would have been good last weekend when no one had any goals, yeah,
4: that's true. it would have been about on par with everybody else
1: mm-hmm. Uh next up, nine o'clock eastern is San Jose at Dallas. <laughs> I Is it Dallas reason... is
3: gonna kill them.
1: Is it reasonable to think that you should never play somebody from the earthquakes on the road?
3: Yeah, that's definitely reasonable.
1: It seems like they are very good at home and I can't ever justify playing like even at Philly or at Chicago, I would hesitate on
3: And that's that's Dom Kinnear's MO. Mm-hmm. That's just how he he runs his team. He gets the road to point if he can, and he tries to win at home. And he's probably going to push him into the playoffs with that mentality this year.
1: Yeah. Do we? Is it? Is Diaz like already ruled out, or is it possible he comes back?
3: I think he plays. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. I'm hearing that
4: he's. It was more of a almost more of a rest
1: yeah. uh, type thing. Which yeah, we all know can happen to, with him.
3: Yeah, he even tried to warm up. So. Everyone complaining about Diaz at the la- missing out at the last minute just cracks me up because, <laughs> like, haven't you ever paid attention to him the last two seasons?
1: hmm
3: He's, like, guaranteed to miss probably 10 games for whatever reason.
1: Just so they, he doesn't break.
3: They just let him take, like, a month off in, I think it was May last year, or something, and Perea just is like, you need to get stronger and, you know, get more conditioned, and we're going to rest you because this part of the MLS season really doesn't matter to us right now.
1: Right. Uh, so you're off Wando um, and probably weren't considering a Maracua anyway anyway. Uh, is there anyone else from San Jose that kind of catches your interest? MPG or?
4: Yeah, MPG for me. Um, he's 5,000, so probably some players that i'd choose over him but since he's getting playing time now then he's definitely a player that i'd always like to consider just because he's so uh dynamic and he does take most of their set pieces too so um, if Shay
2: Salinas
3: him. yeah if shea Salinas plays uh, i'm gonna roster him probably he's 4400 um he's defensively responsible which is why they might play him they haven't been starting him lately but um This is kind of an astonishing box score from last week. Not only did he assist on Adam John's goal, he had 10 crosses in 19 minutes. What? Yeah, and he had 18 fantasy points in 19 minutes. Wow. I mean, Salinas is a good player. He's been a, a great winger for years. He's one of the most accurate crossers in the entire league, and they just don't want to play him this season, which... I understand because they do have a lot of talent in the midfield, especially at the wide positions. But what I don't know why you would build your team that way when you already had good players there. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, Salinas's price is actually usually higher than this. I was I think. just about to say that, yeah. I last year I think he was in the five thousands at least. So it, it's a good price on him if he starts because the. That's how they score. They cross it in. They they almost never score any other way, really.
1: <laughs> uh, Skylar, how do you choose between Rudy and Barrios?
4: Uh, you, you, I think for me, it's maybe ca- more cash game relevant. I think with uh, Barrios, sorry for any background noise, by
3: the way, guys. <laughs> I got some, uh, some kids that are... Skylar's... They
4: don't want to go to sleep.
3: Skyler's child just learned that DraftKings is going away in Alabama. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. No more steak dinners. It's all going to be
4: uh, SpaghettiOs from now on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with SpaghettiOs. No, of course not. I, think I grew up on that. but um, No, I think for me, I guess Barrios might be a little bit more of a cash gameplay mm-hmm. and Rudy more gpp upside they're both really solid plays i think this weekend and i think barrios is a little bit cheaper so he's been really good if you look at his uh game log like he's been really consistent pretty close to 10 points and then he had that one breakout game so um just in doing the ranking research earlier then he was a guy that jumped out at me as a as a pretty good cash game play so
1: yeah i guess i was just in, in maybe i'm uh Thrown off by that uh, brace that he had, but does a Rudy really have that much higher upside? No, but I think, but so. I, think...
4: <laughs> I, mean... I was just gonna say maybe because he's a little bit closer to goal, than he has a little bit more upside. Right, Barrios is more of like getting into the, you know, creating the the attack and stuff like that.
3: I think we have to be a little careful because barrios is he's kind of an out and out winger where i don't know how much creation he does they just hope he can kind of slip in behind and i kind of see him and a both being more like not gpp plays but they're not safe i and arguably a is safer because of the goal scoring streak he's on and he consistently gets fed great opportunities and has a number of shots every game i mean he has 4 out of 5 games this year or at least 12 points so i realize he's not going to keep scoring 3 goals every 5 matches but i don't really know that barrios has that much better of a floor i mean maybe i'm mistaken but
4: yeah it's probably it's really close for me i guess uh, barrios might get the nod just cuz he's a little bit cheaper but you're right i mean they're both they've both been a big part of a dynamic attack and when you've got so much talent in a team like that like anytime you're part of a team like Dallas and you're going to have some really good opportunities to have some big games so both those guys are are in the mix for me I agree, kind of
3: a stupid question
4: (laughs) 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 I mean it's worth trying to break down why one might be better than the other but I think both could on any given night have a really big game and maybe both have a big game yeah just play both
1: (laughs) And does Fabian Castillo's uh, ranking change at all if Diaz doesn't play?
3: No, it might. Does well, get... it It might go higher if that's what you were insinuating. I was, I was asking either, either the way. Well, the, well,
1: I, I was asking in the anyway.
3: I I'm honestly not really on Castillo much this year. I need to see him put together a performance like he did a lot of times last year. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if he's. What, was he hurt earlier? I think he was in preseason coming into the year. Yeah, he's a little gimpy. Right. So I kind of, I kind of want to see him dominate for an, in, excuse me, an entire game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm off him too. I just,
4: he's a such a great talent. It's just fantasy wise, it doesn't always translate unless he just has that breakout game. So for the price, then I'm probably passing on him. I just. He does have some really good games from time to time, but he's not as uh, consistent of a performer that you're looking for at that price tag. Right. Okay.
1: Um, next game is uh, Colorado at RSL. Um, I'm not sure how to read this game because I feel like I get a feeling that RSL is not any good, and then they win again. Uh, so... Do we even know who's gonna play for RSL this week?
3: <laughs> I think well, Bobby Moe might be back. Oh yeah? Yeah, and Burrito is back because he was out for disciplinary right. reasons, and Beckerman's back. He right. was out for disciplinary reasons. And Olave. Olave, who I'm not even sure they want back. <laughs> Ramondo could be could be back too. Right, I'm not sure about Ramondo. That's and really Atnell is not bad, so that doesn't sway my opinion one way or another.
4: Yeah, he's a few and, hundred cheaper too. So I, really, I like either of those keepers.
3: That's true. If Adnella started, that would be great because he's at home against Colorado. Right. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be plenty of options on RSL. And the way they played last week, I think Maholland stepped in well. Sturzer is just a, a great story coming back from a, a pretty rough injury to, to f- a couple of rough injuries, I think. So finally, he's going to get some time. Um I really like this RSL team. I I mean, they play kind of. They don't really care about possession at all. They kind of just, they launch it up the field and hope that Plata gets onto it or, whatever. And I don't think their style is going to suit Javier Morales quite as well as it has in the past. Um, but they're fun. Plata's you can't say enough good things about how he's playing this year. He's dynamic in every way, whether it's dribbling, shooting, passing. Uh, Set pieces while Javier Morales is out. Um, He's been great. So, yeah, I I like Salt Lake a lot. Uh, I don't like Colorado that much this week. So, pretty easy game, I think.
1: You agree, Skyler? For
3: the
4: most part, uh, still going to try to hone in on some uh, Rapids attackers. Um, They have attackers. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, Marco Papa is actually still listed as a Sounders attacker on DraftKings. I was <laughs> trying to pull up his, his game log here and just noticed that, but um, I think I mentioned last week that Salt Lake's been a team to target as far as crossing goes. It actually didn't play out quite as I had hoped with like the guys like Zussi and so, and uh, I guess even Failhaber. I think Failhaber had a handful of crosses in open play, but... Um, Papa's a guy that could really expose a team like Salt Lake, so he's a guy that I might be on from this game. Um, He's still not getting the – I think he's still floating around 60, 70 minutes, so I don't like that about him, but he's definitely a guy that could really – if Colorado's to compete, then he's a guy that's going to be in the mix. So I'd say of all the Rapids players, then then maybe him and maybe Gashi if you want to throw a GPP play in there.
1: Yeah, we should note that Papa Papa's uh player card says the Sounders, but he is his opponent is shows Colorado at RSL, so you'll still get his points. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind strange.
2: of
3: boring. Yeah, very strange. Yeah.
1: All right, if uh we can skip that cuz I feel like we've already talked about the Rapids more than we should today. Uh that was the last game on Saturday. Uh moving to Sunday, we've got Seattle at Houston. Uh Clint Dempsey starting to play like we all expected him to, even though he can be one of the most frustrating fantasy performers. Um, JD, you haven't been the biggest Dynamo believer this season. I'll put it that way. Do you have every reason to keep that feeling uh, playing against Seattle this weekend? I mean, they are at home where they blasted Dallas 5-0.
3: And tied New England 3-3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Seattle's very good yet i don't think they've figured their team out um i don't think clint dempsey can really replicate some of his performances like last week he was playing more as like a true number 10 Mm -hmm. and he was doing way too much i mean he was doing good work kind of getting back digging into the midfield and creating but a there's not that many people to create for and b he can't do all that running for the entire season right <laughs> it's just not the type of guy he is he's not that fit all the time uh he picks up little injuries and he's old so on the road i don't know if they really deploy clint dempsey in the same way okay um and yeah i just don't think seattle is that good so i actually I, I like houston a little bit this weekend
1: we should note that um DraftKings doesn't have their sunday prices out yet so um we won't be going too in depth on those because we don't have them uh Skylar Houston's coming off um a, a week off I believe is that right yes yeah yeah and um so they're well rested they're getting a Seattle team at home is it a big Will Bruin weekend
4: could be uh, for a three-game slate certainly somebody I'm going to be considering mm-hmm. um and based on his you know performance out of the gate then I I do like Will Bruin this weekend.
1: How do you play the Miranda versus Maidana situation for crosses? Do we think it's definitely one or the other?
4: Man, that's a tough one because uh, before I I would have automatically said Maidana, but Maidana actually got some playing time their last game and seemed like Miranda was the guy that was over most of the the crosses and some of the set pieces, so... That's a tough one. I mean, for the price, and yeah, if you if you need to save the money, then Miranda's definitely not a bad shot. Like you said, we haven't seen the the pricing yet, but um
3: He'll be in the three thousands.
4: Yeah, he should be if I think he was around thirty five hundred or something last time out. So should it be might... around the same, which is about a probably about a two thousand dollar savings from Madonna. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I might lean towards Miranda there.
1: Yeah, it can seems I... like even if you're just relying on kind of open play crosses instead of corners, you still should be able to make value with that if he's in that 3,500 range.
3: Right. Can I yeah. point out that for, like, every week this season, I've had Will Bruin ranked higher than Skyler. <laughs> Yet we continue to take completely different tones regarding Will Bruin.
4: You got him ranked one higher than me. I just checked. That's, yeah, <laughs> I guess you can, you, we can uh... – Maybe even it out. I'll I'll bump Wando down one and put Bruin up there. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, we should we good.
1: should note that's eighteenth and nineteenth. It's not like we've got Bru- <laughs> you guys got Bruin at four and five. So
3: what a what a crime ranking Wando anywhere close to <laughs> Will Bruin. <laughs> You've got him ranked like four
4: higher than than Bruin or five higher than Bruin.
3: Yeah, you have Giassi Zardes ranked five higher than both of them.
4: <laughs> and Zardes is going to
3: score this weekend. Oh, there it is. <laughs> This is what our podcast is going to become—just me nitpicking at Skyler's rankings. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's really what it is. It's just a discussion
3: to nitpick.
4: <laughs> I think you got on to me about Iguain last week, and he still came through. So I don't think it I is. Did. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> okay, let's settle down. Uh, next up, Chicago at New York City. Um, these teams played earlier this year in Chicago, and they scored seven goals. Any reason to think they cannot replicate that?
3: Yeah, because that's kind of an anomaly in any matchup.
1: Okay. I think just these two teams are made to score on each other.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they've kind of fixed their defensive issues since then a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, NYCFC brought out the mystical WM formation. Oh, yeah. Ronald Matarita is going to be back. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago's been looking good lately. I think Johan Kappelhoff made the team of the week, playing pretty good in defense. Jonathan Campbell's playing pretty good back there. They have Michael Harrington back. Uh, for the first time in forever, Chicago actually has options in defense that are kind of appealing. I'm not going to say they're even a top half of the league type of defense, but they're they're certainly better than a, being involved in a seven-goal game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And David Akam is hurt. I don't know if he's going to play or not. It's probably going to be close, but he probably adds a, a goal and a half or so to the to the game total if he plays. Yeah. Not himself, just helping open up that offense.
1: Uh-huh. Mhm. You feel the same way, Skyler?
4: Yep. Yeah, I think the first game was definitely a little bit shaking off some of the rust from the off-season, so don't see a a 3-3 or 4-3 type game but do think there will be some goals Um, I'm kind of going back to the well with with David Villa even though it's kind of in the same regards as BWP just not getting the service that he needs he's not seeing enough of the ball to make an impact Um, but when he does then he makes a big impact so uh, Chicago Fire is a team that you should target when David Villa is playing at home so he's that's why he's number two on my forward rankings this this week. Um, other than that, if a com plays and he's on my radar, just again kind of the same with Via. If you're playing New York City, then you need to target attackers against them. Um, those two, and then maybe uh, Gilberto, Arturo Alvarez, and maybe even Pirlo from on a three game slate. Yeah, How about in?
3: Tommy Mack.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, you did sneak Tommy Mack in
3: on on your rankings
4: there. I didn't see that earlier. You must have made that adjustment post. Uh, I did post because I writing.
3: yeah I I had a calm list as a midfielder. I forgot that DraftKings switched him, and since we didn't have the Sunday slate to reference. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: I got yeah. to squeeze Tommy Mack in. Frankly, I was shocked yeah. he was so low, but uh, <laughs> it seems like he you should be able to. Up. Yeah, you should be able to fit via in relatively easily on this slate because like the galaxy are without keen so you basically have via Adi and yeah, i mean yeah but there's
3: there's not a lot of cheap players on these six teams either i mean there's arturo alvarez who was terrible last week um it depends who seattle starts i guess Mm
2: -hmm. but
4: yeah, it... for a Ford though, Zardo's is gonna be pretty cheap on on that three game slate. Who? Zardo's. Oh. Uh, the be guaranteed pretty...
1: guaranteed goal.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he's been like around five thousand, so um if you're trying to work two Fords in, then I think Bruin's probably gonna be closer to like seven thousand. You know is gonna be cool. like nine thousand, so
3: if someone plays Will Bruin at seven thousand <laughs> <laughs> they are clinically insane
4: Is that not what he's been coming in at close to like I, maybe 6, I don't think so. or so Okay maybe I'm off
3: It might be around 6000 but I mean like just the 7 number kind of stands out like holy cow Talk about a guy that could get zero points <laughs> Like he gets if he doesn't score what's he do
1: Didn't he pick up didn't he have two assists in the game really Yeah
3: but I I'm thinking, like, overall, not short-term.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, well, speaking of Keen, let's just jump into that last match. Uh, 9.30 Eastern on Sunday, Portland at LA. Uh, Portland just, uh, as I said earlier, got blasted by Orlando City uh, last week, and or Sunday, what was that, four days ago. Um, and the Galaxy will... Be up one nothing as soon as zardis steps on the field so how does uh how did the galaxy bounce back jd
3: wait can or can we just remember point. can we remember that the galaxy played 60 minutes a man up and scored zero goals against vancouver with their best defensive player out
1: so you're not so high on zardis goal guarantee it seems no i mean
3: i'm not high on this galaxy team in general and i think portland's been playing pretty good soccer lately i mean last week you know on the road in one of the toughest places to play in the league kind of got off to a bad start things happen okay but i don't think the championship team from last year is going to let their foot off the pedal two weeks in a row um That said, it's an interesting storyline because kind of the Timbers breakout moment last season was when they came from 2-0 down against the Galaxy in Los Angeles, and then they won Mm
2: 5-2.
3: And that was the start of their big run. That was the start of everyone kind of paying attention to them as, as a serious threat to squeeze into the playoffs and to go even further. So I think the Galaxy know that. They want this one. The players that were in Los Angeles last year. Ashley Cole probably doesn't even know what happened last year. <laughs> um, but I think the Galaxy want this one. They're at home. But at the same time, this is going get, to get Portland's best game. They're going to put their best foot forward. So I, I'm not a big fan of the Galaxy attack lately. But and anything can happen in this one.
1: Skyler, how do you see this playing out?
4: I kind of like how I saw the Orlando-Portland game playing out. I think I said 3-1 to one Orlando. It ended up 4-1. to one. And I actually think the Galaxy have a, a good game at home this weekend. I could see like a 2-0 win for them. And I I think Zardes is going to be good. I mean, besides uh, that game where he he's scored a pair, he's been decent picking up stats elsewhere for the price. Uh, but I think uh, Mike McGee, too, is a guy that is going to be somebody that I'll be watching on a three game slate. And if Dos Santos is fully fit and starting, then he's going to be up there with probably the, the David Villa as far as like upside type players on this slate. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: I don't think McGee will play if Dos Santos plays because I think Dos Santos will definitely play forward, which kind of leaves McGee in between.
1: Makes sense, I guess.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, definitely watch the starting lineups to see how it pans out, but um, McGee for the price, he's still, hes I mean, he's been since that, I think he had that huge game, uh, the first game or second game or whatever when he came off the bench and then had it was a huge letdown, but ever since then, he's kind of flown under the radar because I think so many people were burnt by him that second game, but he's actually been putting up some good numbers, so take a look at him on a, on a three-game Sunday slate.
3: Yeah, again, his box score last week is kind of not indicative because they were up a man for so long. But I McGee's okay. I don't know. He, I think that one game in the back of your mind, if that wasn't there, we'd have a really different opinion of him. Mm-hmm. But
4: it happened. Yeah, but the week, so. be- the week before that, too, I think he hit... Or the week before this past one, I think he hit close at 20. So... Pretty much every game except for that one, he's been solid. Um, I still like him, but yeah, if he doesn't start, then he's not in any lineups. But if he gets to start, then I think he could be a, a have a good game.
3: Yeah, we're we're missing the lead on this one though, which is Diego Valeri is back in action. <laughs> I was
1: just about to say it'll be Valeri and everybody else.
3: And Valeri should probably dominate the galaxy, mm-hmm. I would think, uh, unless Nigel Dion just breaks him which is very possible. Yeah, it's possible. Um but yeah, I I'm excited to see how the Galaxy Defense handles the Timbers because the Timbers attack is still very dynamic. Uh Fenendo Adi Audi versus uh Yella Van Dam is probably going to be I think they were supposed to both be in WrestleMania this past weekend. <laughs> but um but, but we're resting for this one, so I can see that being just a heavyweight battle for the for the ages.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. That should be fun. Um, score prediction?
3: Go ahead, Skylar.
1: Yeah, 2-0, Galaxy. I got a 1-1. All of that, and it's just 1-1? Well,
3: I think that, I mean, they're both coming in very motivated, and both these teams probably have a, well, Galaxy have a better defense than they do in attack, mm-hmm. and Portland's on the road, and they just got shelled, so I think they're going to focus a little bit more defensively. I I just don't like the Galaxy offense, especially without Keane. Zardis and Dos Santos have never partnered together up top without Keen, as mm-hmm. far as I'm aware. Um, so and it's, it's not like Zardis has really had chemistry with anyone not named Landon Donovan. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, Portland on the road, it's tough to say they're going to get more than a goal, right?
1: I guess. We'll see. All right, gents. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, sorry we went a little long, but um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm actually still moving a little slowly just after this past weekend. But uh, hopefully I can bounce back. And, guys, good luck this weekend.
3: Good luck, guys. Good luck, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.